Hello, Internet, and welcome once again to the Always Online Multiplayer Gaming Podcast, brought to you by MMOBomb.com, your home for all things multiplayer-related. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man, and this is episode 438. Of course, we're doing it live, twitch.tv slash MMOBomb, 1 p.m. Eastern on Fridays. We've got chat hanging out with us, and really, if you can, I think you want to hang out sometime. The pre-show... The pre-show gets a little... I mean, let's just say we, we talked today. It was, it was musicals. It was literature. It was the adult film industry. I mean, it was everything you would love about pre-show and a little bit of multiplayer gaming. But I guess we'll cover more of that during the show. Joining me today to go over all of the news, Quintland Bowers. What's up, Q? Oh, God. Discord, please stop what you're doing. <laughs> Discord being a little bit of a butts, a little bit of a butts. We're kind of getting a, a little rocky connection here and there. Uh, I can see it kind of going up and down. Might have a little something to do with a change of locale for our third host, Aspen Pash, a.k.a. Rose Hoppa. We're, like, joining her live on the scene. Like, I don't know what's going on here. Yes, live on the scene in the middle of moving. <laughs> <laughs> so you're relocating, huh? For the again, viewers yes. update: Aspen is in Japan, but now you are relocating in Japan. Crazy news, by the way. Uh, Prime Minister Abe's assassination. Obviously, condolences to family, friends. Uh, what a political powerhouse uh, that gentleman was. So weird stuff going on right now in Japan overnight. So anyway, your move, your move. Yeah, it that that's just like crazy news yeah. to like even get into. Like the whole nation right now in Japan is in shock over that. The longest like standing prime minister, he was in the middle of his like um campaign trail and then the shotgun was like homemade also. Like it wasn't bought. Obviously getting guns in Japan is really difficult. And, and like he wasn't even speaking on his own behalf. Wasn't he speaking on somebody no. else that was running yeah. rerunning for their their position? Exactly. He was speaking on behalf, like, there's a couple of different political parties in Japan, and there's a bunch of scandals happening right now, but, like, the biggest political party in Japan that he was speaking on behalf of, but people aren't sure if if it was related or correlated at all, like, they're still looking into it. Yeah, really weird. Like, they, they have the assassin in custody, and, like, the only thing publicly they've said so far, I think, is that he said he believed Abe was part of an organization that he had a beef with. Like, but that was it. Like, he didn't say what organization it was and why Abe would have been the target and not somebody else in whatever the organization. It's very, very weird right now. It's, it's still breaking, obviously. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, Aspen, I'm sure you notice, is on uh, her iPad today getting ready for the move. Sound and video is still good. But if there's a little bit of a delay that I've kind of noticed in the conversation here, yeah, it's because the iPads, you know, just bear bear with us. She sounds fine, looks great, but there might be a little bit of a delay. So let's get started talking about some multiplayer gaming news because there's a lot of it. Let's do it. All right, let's start, I think, with... Let's start with some Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, we did not talk about the live letter, even though it had gone up last week uh, because of my hosts, and I said that during the show. 
the the hosts you know were Troy and and Wilfredo not generally the final fantasiest of people when it comes to that so I figured hey I'll I'll wait a week I'll have Q I'll have Aspen perfect we'll talk about the 6.2 live letter Q you did a huge write up on this that broke down everything and I did tell everybody on the show go check out the writing like if you need a synopsis she puts a lot of words there for you uh, in a nice organized fashion, but there's plenty of words. Go give her some love to Cal in chat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, creator of Yu-Gi-Oh died, 60 years old. I mean, it's been a crazy week all over the place, all over the place. So anyway, 6.2 breakdown. Big one, Island Sanctuary, right? That's a big thank you. Everybody wanted to see, are we going to get information on Island Sanctuary in this live letter or the next one because it is whole, one of those whole part one part two live letters we did get quite a bit of island sanctuary news maybe not everything we wanted but quite a bit what do you think is this something you're looking forward to having your own little island doing your own crafting stuff that isn't crafting related having your minions walk around like your own little stardew valley type thing like we still don't really know but what do you think so far I mean, it's so my um, thought on it ever since they first talked about it was that it was going to be very similar to Genshin Impact's Serenity Pots. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so far... Well, I mean, we it, have Aspen it, on the show, so we'll ask when we get to her. I mean, she knows all about Genshin too. So, so far, it, it what they're describing seems to kind of fit it, but not entirely. Because they're... Um, and, and, and it makes sense... But, Genshin Impact, right? Like the stuff you do in your Serenity Pot is not impacting everybody else. Um, but they've they've separated it to where you can grow stuff, you you can craft stuff, you can do all of that. But what you do in your island sanctuary doesn't really come out. So you're not going to be able to use your island sanctuary to grow uh, Thevnarian onions, right. right? You're not you're not going to break the onion market um doing it and that was one of the things that we were kind of like well what's going to happen there because like you know there there there's these items on the market board that are consistently super expensive because they're hard to to come you know to to manufacture and then if everybody can just do it in their island and everybody gets an island there goes the entire market so their solution obviously to this is you can make stuff and stuff that's pertinent and and I'm still a little unclear because they are talking about selling it and it sounds like they've got an Animal Crossing type market system going on as well. Like, you know, the the turnips in Animal Crossing. Oh, fantastic. That, that means my Twitter yeah. feed will be like, I got turnips at 47 gil apiece. <laughs> well, except, Here's except my player ID. By the way, except I got Wordle in three. Oh, shut up. Except you have to watch the market to figure out what items. It's not just turnips, is basically the idea. But um, it's it's a currency specific to the islands, so you're not going to be able to like go and sell it and get gill. That's just out. Right. Everything that you sell from the islands is for island currency, um, and there's special stuff that you'll be able to buy with it. I'm guessing maybe there'll be more mounts and minions or, you know, something like that. Maybe some glamour items or whatever. Um, but it's it's one of those things that's super chill. We have, I know one person in my free company is really super looking forward to it because he is, he is that super chill hippie guy. 
<laughs> like I, I work under him in the garden and yeah he's just like yep you're never gonna see me again So that brings up an interesting question, though, Aspen. Like, we talk a lot on this show and on uh, the Relic Grind on um, Ready Check Radio, which is Final Fantasy only, or Square Enix only. Go check out last night's episode with Mr. Happy, readycheckradio.com. But, so here's very casual content, solo-oriented, where devs of an MMO are spending time, money, and resources to add. Now, if you're into this kind of super casual thing and you happen to play Final Fantasy XIV, then you probably dig this. But is this, we always hear the argument like, should we really be sinking development resources into PvP when Final Fantasy XIV just generally is never going to be one of the top tier PvP games? It's very PvE-oriented. Uh, Crystalline Conflict obviously doing well, so maybe I'm talking about an argument pre-Crystalline Conflict. But by the same token, flip side, should they be developing this kind of solo, no real tangible MMORPG benefit besides you just enjoying this bit of content in a game made for four-person party, eight-person party, 24-person party, go explore the world with each other? It seems kind of on the surface a bit of a uh, a bit of a you know a mismatch as far as what content you would typically expect to be developed in an MMO. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like to each their own. But and I might be very biased in my opinion, as this is an Animal Crossing fan and as somebody who enjoys those kind of calmer aspects of gaming. But I honestly think Island Sanctuary was exactly what Final Fantasy XIV needed. Uh, I feel like the game doesn't need anything, but when they even first introduced this idea, I was like, oh my god, like, yes, this is going to be perfect for so many people. Because for so many people, Final Fantasy is this escape, and it's a getaway. And adding this little zone where people can just be by themselves if they so choose. And they don't have to use this function, so if they don't want it, they don't have to. But I feel like there are a lot of benefits to it. And like you said, if you can actually get minions and mounts that you can actually use in-game, like outside of the uh, Island Sanctuary, I think that's just like an even bonus point to it. But at this point, it's getting harder and harder for me to (laughs) make reasons of why I should not play the game. Because I used to play, and I stopped due to the currency system's really difficult for myself living in Japan, because I want to play in English. So I want to be on the English servers but I have to go through the English account. But I can't do that because my credit card, while it's American, they're like, you're living in Japan, you can't use your credit card. I'm like, so I have to do like a web-based currency, so I have to constantly go to the store to buy it, and it's just really annoying. Oh, you still have to use the Krista? Yes, I still have to use Krista, and my inference is all in Japanese. I can't do it in English. So it's just like extra work on top of it because some of the kanji i'm not the best at kanji so it takes me a long time to get through everything and to do that every single month you're like but i'm I think... either subbing for one month or i just yeah. bought a lifetime thing i'm not exactly yeah. sure we'll have to see how much is on the card <laughs> i log in and i have like new skins i'm like when did i buy this <laughs> Yeah, you know, obviously this isn't like the super content for me. Um, I'm not really a big, while I like Animal Crossing-ish, 
You know, it's more just uh, being aware of it. I've never really sunk hundreds of hours into it. Stardew Valley's that type of thing. It's, it's not my thing. I do, however, obviously, we all know, collect minions to an insane degree with over 400 of them in the game right now. Um, oh my God. Yeah, I'm a bit <laughs> obsessed when it comes to me. Don't care about mounts. But That's awesome. But minions... Uh, last time I checked, I think I was 11th on my server and like 50th in my data center. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to have all those little bastards running around the island. But that's all. That's like, that's like all I care about is just like, okay, how many am I allowed to have out at once? 12? All right, a dozen of you. Go Rome, friends. Now, there is the argument, though, Q, that, you know, this is being instanced, and we don't know exactly how it's in so we got a like a pixelated picture of the island which uh, honestly yeah didn't really show much except what looked like a very phallic shaped island after they pixelated it i think it's a dolphin but it that's, looks that's goofy not that's not what the point they're making with yeah that the picture. point the point they're making the point with that is the size, the size of the, of the island robot. yeah and that would be the <laughs> if you were sharing a phallic picture i think the point would be the size uh <laughs> i mean <laughs> And here we go. We're off the rails again. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. So, but here's the thing: it is instance-based content. We don't know, like, do I get a piece of this island? And there's a dozen people on this. But when any time Final Fantasy does something instance-based, immediately the question goes back Q, to fix housing first. Like everything that is instance-based is instances that could have been used to fix housing now obviously people want to know if there's going to be island-based housing in the future and yoshi p won't say anything on that now i'm thinking the answer for the at least the the short term is definitely no not right now you, i mean you do get to build structures you be, yeah and stuff yeah and and you can you can have friends come visit so it fills in that kind of thing but if you're looking for like free company housing or something like that i don't think that's ever going to happen like i think it's gonna like i said I, I feel like it's more like genshin impacts system where you know you can you can build the stuff people can come look at it and hang out and chill so we do have data center travel now uh that dropped in 618 they did talk a little bit about that in the live letter a bit of a rocky start first 24 hours kind of just they had to shut it down uh, do some changes and then imp uh, re-implement it or turn it on like basically one server at a time. They've put some restrictions in place on when you can do it uh, or the limitations of how many players can be doing it during certain peak hours while they kind of stabilize the system. They also performed an emergency maintenance overnight yesterday into today here, my time, United States. Uh, to address instance-based content as well, including the the data center transfer and things like that. So we do. I mean, Aspen, you could at least come visit us now. Like if you were. That's true. Yeah, you could data center travel and come visit us. Um, we also got here's the the big one that I liked uh, dungeons. Right, I have often spoken about uh, my love for dungeon-based content in MMOs, particularly in Final Fantasy. But I also view it as one of Final Fantasy XIV's biggest areas of opportunity, where there are just, over the patch cycles, there hasn't really been a uh, creative outlet in the dungeons. They're always cinematically nice. They're always visually appealing. I like the mechanics, but they've been, Q, very straight line, three pools, boss, three pools, boss, three pools, boss, for quite some time now. 
And now we're seeing the variant dungeons, which are still going to be kind of like the story-based version of dungeons. And then we saw finally the Criterion Dungeons, something they've been talking about for a few live letters now, but never gave any details, providing kind of this uh, hard, uh, normal and savage mode uh, where it is four-player-based content as opposed to the variant version of the dungeon where you can queue up with one, two, three, or four people and have the dungeon, dungeon scale accordingly, and some additional challenges in those dungeons. I kind of like this because I actually do like World of Warcraft's Mythic Plus system. Are there problems with it? Yes. Do I think they should just take it and transplant it in Final Fantasy? Absolutely not. It, it it's, doesn't quite work with the way Final Fantasy does gear. But I do like the idea of if you want to run the dungeons at a certain difficulty because that's what you want to do, cool. Don't take that away. But for those that maybe want to try something a little more challenging, here's an option, and you can keep increasing the challenging. So I do love that kind of stuff. Very eager to see how this is implemented, Aspen, and if, it, if it's worth it because that's a big concern, right? You can put more challenging content in there, and I think people are fine with it, but if it's something that ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm going to run once, get my clear, get an achievement, and call it a day, is it really beneficial to be spending the time making those alternate versions of things? I guess. I don't know. I, I feel like, are we thinking too much about the devs? <laughs> like, I understand that they make it and stuff, but I think it's okay to just play something once if that's what the player base wants to do. And the player base is huge, you know? While some people absolutely, might do it once. and 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 I'm not I'm not actually making the argument on behalf of the devs. I'm kind of making it on behalf of the players. If if we build something, everybody runs it once and then it dies. No matter what it is, PvP, a dungeon, or, you know, a raid, or whatever. Um, I you kind of have to do like a return on investment cost analysis versus hey, this was the time and resources it took to put in the game. Everybody saw it once and then nobody touched it after that. This can certainly, these Criterion Dungeons can create an engaging repeat point, but the rewards, I think, are going to have to entice players to want to do that repeating work, Q. Well, and that's the thing. Mm. I am one of those players who do things once and then probably don't come back to it unless they're, you know, somebody drags me into it or I'm leveling something and have no choice but to go do it because I need the XP or whatever. Like, as far as the content itself, I'm just going to do it once to say I did it, more or less kind of thing. And I'm sure there's lots of people like me, whereas there are other people, you know, that will just sit there and do the same exact thing over and 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 over again ad nauseum, right? Because they want to get better at it and they want to do this and they want to do that. And they'll just, so I don't necessarily know that that's a problem if it's challenging enough. It's definitely going to appeal to those people who want a challenge in general no matter necessarily what the rewards are um if it's got the rewards then yeah people go in there for that too but i, I think it'll be like a lot of things in xiv where there ends up being a group who does it i'm the group who does trusts like i level all my trust characters but that's not something that everybody does and you know other people do ultimates or you know or other you know level all their um do all the crafting side quests or whatever like it just there's such a variance that I don't know that it's a worry. And Q's like, get your ass over here, Astinian. We need two more levels, buddy. 
We need to. <laughs> we, we need <laughs> gotta two level more. you up. <laughs> <laughs> gotta level level you up, friendo. I'm definitely looking forward to it. What I was scared about was that it was just going to be this. Hey, uh, if one person's there, the boss has you know, a thousand, a hundred thousand, uh, health and hits at this rate. If there's two people, it's 200,000 and hits a little hard. And that seems to be what variant dungeons are. Although they do talk about different paths through there based on player decisions, which is something I think the dungeons in final fantasy 14 desperately need. But then I was like, when they got to criterion and explained that a little more, I was like, okay, cool. That's, that's actually something I want to see how they implement. To Cal saying in chat, you know, it would be nice if they did like kind of open world dungeons where people walk in and we're, we're going to be streaming Elder Scrolls Online after the show today. And that's something that they do, Aspen, where they have public dungeons just on the map, right? And you walk in and you see other players walking around, bosses respawn. It doesn't scale necessarily to the number of people that are in the instance, but when you start a boss fight... Uh, it scales the difficulty of the boss based on how many people are in the vicinity attacking it. So it's kind of variable uh, the way to how you're describing, just not based on the whole population of the instance. I actually really enjoy those, and I kind of agree. That'd be, I think those would be great in Final Fantasy XIV, and not only uh, dungeon content fun, but would put players in zones that they may not normally be in these days. And granted, yeah, I mean, you'd put them in a very particular area of the zone, but it does spread people out. And for newer players or lower level players that are joining the game now, seeing players in, you know, Corthus and, and stuff like that. It, it, I like that. I like that. Aspen just kind of nodding. Yeah. Yeah, I just always think about like new players with Final Fantasy and when all of these new dungeons come out, I just feel like it's all very intimidating for new players because really? that's how I feel. Yeah, because I don't know. I'm always scared. I, again, I don't know. Maybe it's not this type of community, but there are some people that are very mean in dungeons <laughs> and raids if you're doing something wrong and they're like, are you stupid? You're not supposed to stand there. You're going to get knocked off. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. This is my first time. <laughs> Aspen goes so that's what flying I off the edge. Bye, yep. Aspen. Yep. <laughs> that's that's why I make a friend go through with me on on stuff, and then we just ignore the other people at the party. Well, that's why that Q just smarter. that's why Q just uses trusts. That way, she can yell at people, and she's not actually yelling at people. So, like if the party yeah, wipes, like, she's like, "Damn it, Estinian! Why didn't you tell me to move?" <laughs> See, and I do use duty support too, right? Because duty support is the I mean, it's it's both higher and lower level, but in duty support, lower levels, you get the uh, originally, I think you get grand company people and then you get, you know, yeah. random scion X <laughs> later on. Right. And as it levels up, then you get the other the actual scions right coming along with you and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I I use it when I just want to go and level and not actually have to deal with party finder and people and, you know, and I could just you know, just hang out with them. That sounds lovely. And very <laughs> it is. That's great. And they're adding it to like every, like every, it's, it's, it's in ARR. They're, you know, they're just slowly adding it. And it was already in Heaven's Word, or, or not Heaven's Word, but yeah, Shadow it comes, in Walker. Yeah, it's coming so it's, to Heaven's Word. Yeah. yeah, it's coming down. But it's just like, all right, cool. Soon I won't have to deal with people at all. Excellent. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't have to an talk MMO. to anybody in my MMO. MMO. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Only people I talk to in my MMO are at my free company. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Your knit community. We do have, and we're not going to go through like everything here. If you want more in-depth stuff, obviously check out the Relic Grind. Uh, it's on YouTube right now and on readycheckradio.com. Last night's episode where we broke all of this down. We're going to get the new uh, MSQ, the main story quest stuff. We're going to get the the new uh, tombstones. We're going to get the new Tataro's Endeavors. We're gonna, was, so there's all that stuff coming. Launch late, uh, mid to late August. Buried Memory is the name. But there is one more thing I want to talk about in the patch notes here. Because this is a bit of, oh, Sav- or the uh, uh, Pandemonium Raid. We'll get the next version of that. Savage being pushed a week. So instead of uh, you'll have our launch and then pushed a week for Savage, we'll see how that goes. They want to gain feedback on that type of release schedule. But we also have the introduction of the Relic Quest queue, and a lot of people a little pissed because this time around it is necessary to go do some side quest stuff and get caught up on that as part of the Relic Quest. Of course, talking about the gentleman detective himself, Mr. Hildebrand. Now, for those of us that have done Hildebrand stuff as it came out, this is you know no big deal. Who cares? We're already done with it. But if Hildebrand and that whole comedic byplay side story stuff has not been your cup of tea in Final Fantasy, but you want the relic, which itself is, of course, optional. So we're talking about optional tied to optional here. Uh, you're going to have to catch up, Hildy, and a lot of people not happy about that. It's it's not like it takes any real effort, though, guys, like, to get caught up on Hildebrand. You just, it's, it's, I mean, I get it, and his humor may not be for everybody. We were talking about this earlier, too, um, you know, because humor is subjective, and not everybody finds Hildebrand funny. I, I, I don't necessarily think it's the best writing in the game, but it, considering like the really depressing and like heavy weight on your shoulder Steinig kind of stuff that goes on throughout so much of the game, it's a nice freaking break from what's going on to just go do yeah, stupid I mean, Hildebrand stuff. Aspen, and we, we talked want- about, sorry to interrupt there, but we talked about Aspen, the, like the, the world going nuts right now, you know, different things in Japan. And we didn't even talk about England with, you know, Boris Johnson resigning yesterday. And like, it just, sometimes you just like to see a guy in a tuxedo fall from 30,000 feet Wiley Coyote style. Like, I feel like just sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just need that. Right. Yeah, exactly. I feel like those are the, the nice, I don't know exactly. Like, Cause um, just like you said, that Final Fantasy is, and even as an early gamer of Final Fantasy, it's depressing at times. Like, <laughs> like, tears have been shed to kind of like enter something and know that like it is lighthearted is nice. And it's not like it's with the 100 Quest of Doom. So I feel like it shouldn't be that bad. And the relic is optional itself, Q. I mean, obviously there are people right. that collect those things and... <sighs> Yeah, I mean, do, do you not like the content? Fine, then hit escape and or, and skip cutscenes on it, and you'll have it caught up in like an hour and a half if you're not watching any of the cutscenes. It's not, you know, mind-numbing, deep, hours-long content, particularly if you don't want to read it or, or listen to the voice acting. And, I mean, you get minions out of it. Yeah, so you that. do, buddy. 
you do get minions out of it and, and honestly with the relic thing like if if they do not give us a dark knight frying pan weapon i'm gonna be so <laughs> <sad>. <laughs> like, that that's that's where i'll draw the line if if there's not a dark knight frying pan weapon in there i'm gonna be mad yeah and, <laughs> and justin in chat absolutely right like the relic grind uh, that is the name of our show on <laughs> on ready check radio the relic is grindy content uh, to begin with, so having to do an hour and a half, just like go ahead and hit exit, like uh, whatever. I don't and have I a problem with it. Make it easier than than grinding some because, like, if you go to do, you know, Boja, there's the the uh, the like the dungeon raidy kind of content that you have to. That's that's sometimes so very hard to get a group for. Yeah, it's like, all right, I've reached this point in my story, and I'm waiting two weeks in queue. Yep. Okay. <laughs> just to get this done so i mean i think maybe this this is um a way of kind of countering that but also maybe it's a way of making up for not doing hildy content during shadowbringers <laughs> <laughs> all right two things on final fantasy 14 before we head over to skull some skull and bones chat now, I'm not going to show a picture because I have no interest in advertising this. Uh, and literally, Q and I probably discussed it for like an hour before we went ahead and even put up the article because I didn't want to put up the article knowing that that's exactly why this was done. And yeah, and we ended up putting it up anyway because it is news and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But there is uh, a billboard. I'm sure some of you have seen uh, this advertising uh, a summer bash on a particular server and plot location in housing wards and a Discord server and a couple of DJs and yeah, all right, cool. So somebody really spent some money to advertise their in-game event and the DJs are going to stream music on Twitch and you know it'll be a fun time was had by all. That's cute. That's funny, isn't it? Um, okay. There's a couple problems here, ladies. A couple problems here. So first off, the billboard itself, which was supposed to go up at four different locations across two states, seems to have only gone up at one location in one state, at least that we can 100% verify through pictures of people taking themselves with this said billboard. We don't know how much it was, if it was worth it, or anything like that, but we do know a few things about said billboard. One, it uses art and characters from Final Fantasy XIV, including Final Fantasy XIV's logo, trademark, and copyright uh, text on the billboard itself. Two, some of the clothing the character models are wearing is actually data mined clothing that is not available in the game yet. It will be in the upcoming summer event. And three, some of the other accoutrement on the characters is modded. If you've been watching Final Fantasy stuff for a long time now, and even just recently, you know mods are a big deal in the community right now and their use or lack thereof and banning to go with those. Also, Yoshi P and team have said, hey, data mine material, please don't share it uh, and publish it. And here we go making a billboard. Now they spent money on the billboard, so you have to enter commercial 
stuff being in this whole process too. Now, none of us are lawyers, I should say that. We are under the assumption that Square Enix did not approve said billboard ahead of time, which would make all of this moot. But assuming that they have not approved this, there's obviously copyright implications, material use implications, there's modding and data mining, there's like, they know who put it up, uh, they know the plot <laughs> and who owns that. And so, hey, you, you data mined and modded and we know who you are. That seems very equivalent to Aspen streaming what is clearly a modded screen and banning her, which we have seen happen. Now, the, the event is actually this weekend. So it's not going to matter. Like the billboard was up and it's going to be down. But they certainly have left themselves open for some cease and desist. Square's going to have to comment on it, I would assume, at some point. Otherwise, they don't really have a leg to stand on next time something like this happens. And then, Q, there's one little last wrinkle in here. This is a role-playing event. And what is not advertised on the board in any way is that sometimes this role-play event with this particular group does venture into the ERP or erotic role-play area and get a little not safe for work. And if that's your cup of tea, as Aspen, Aspen, what's your saying? <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't yuck someone's yum. I there won't it yuck is. your yum. Don't yuck your yum. If that's your cup of tea and you're all consenting adults, then by all means, God bless you and have fun. But that is not advertised here in any way, shape, or form to let potential attendees know that they might be getting into that kind of content. It's a mess. It's a meme. I don't know why you would do it to this extent. Q, what, what, what do you think? Um, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely one of the people who was on the side of, okay, that seems like a really poor choice. Um, not necessarily the, the advertising of the event part, but the using the logos and, you know, like the, some of the stuff that's used. And, um, Justin and I got into a really lengthy conversation about it because he's, he's like looking at it from a perspective of, well, you know, bringing the stuff from the digital world into the real world kind of makes sense like putting this stuff out there and i'm in my opinion on it being partially too um if we were talking about a free-to-play game or you know an event that's available to everybody sure we're talking about a game that you not only have to buy but have to sub to in order to really be part of it especially this how anything involving housing right and i'm like um so from a getting the world to see it standpoint it, it doesn't make a lot of sense because you already have a fixed audience. But he did bring up the point of because it, you know, it memed and everybody's talking about it. We're talking about it stuff. It, yeah. it got them the exact attention they wanted. The ward that the, the thing is uh, that the party's going to be in has been full. Um, they did yeah. it at a time where data center travel, right, is was coming up so it basically made it to where people on other data centers are like i'm gonna pop over there and see what this thing is about yeah uh, but it's still it still just does make it to where 
the other thing I think Mr. Happy went through and like looked at the the TOS and was like, well, they're not technically breaking the TOS. And it's like, yeah, just because they're not technically breaking the TOS doesn't mean yeah. Square Enix can't come through and be like, but you're breaking the TOS because our wording yeah. is so vague. Yeah, one, it is very vague. We TOS. talked about that on the Relic Grind, that if they had not included the data mined material or the modded material, it is very spooky on how close to being 100% okay to do this this was uh the other concern though aspen is like the black eye or the the challenges or the crackdown that this could have the knock-on effect if you will that it could have on other communities like erp players that have nothing to do with this you know now kind of get this stigma or whatever happens as a result of this kind of thrown on them too and it, it just has this knock-on effect uh, on a number of different Final Fantasy XIV community, or could, depending on what Square, en Square Enix does, uh, on other communities within the game that had nothing to do with it. That had nothing to do with it. Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen, because you're right, they did have nothing to do with it, and that would just be a really terrible thing considering the RP community, while huge, um, there are some people who do have a bit of judgment for it, let alone a more erotic part of it. People have something to say, and... You know, it's not like everybody was okay with this decision. I think the idea in it of itself was a really cool, interesting idea. Like, let's make a billboard of this game that we love. But again, the data mine stuff, I don't like. I, I personally don't like leaks in yeah. general, especially like under NDAs. Like, if I have to write about it, cool. Like, if it's already out there. I mean, I'm going to enjoy it, but <laughs> I would prefer if people respected a company enough not to leak their stuff. I mean, unless, you know, the company itself accidentally just, like, throws it up there. That's their fault. But, yeah, so I don't really like yeah. that aspect of it. And they did use a lot of Final Fantasy. And the fact that it's a billboard, when you're driving past a billboard, you're not going to be yeah, like, okay, this is made. a party. Yeah. It's Final it's, Fantasy. That's they're gonna think it's a Final Fantasy thing made by Square Enix. Yeah, it's which, a it's that's a the issue. very poorly made billboard to attract drivers' attention. It's way too busy. There's way too much on there. Like, and I don't know the the area of Austin myself to know the like. Hey, this is also an aware uh, an area where there's a lot of walk around. Uh, True. Maybe there is. In which case, okay, fine. You can get away with a little more detailed billboard. But if this is like off the interstate at a gas station, then you know, I mean nobody's. Well, uh, did I just see a cat girl? Like, I mean, yeah. it's just like, what, what, what's your back? What did you, er, turn around. <laughs> cat girls on billboards. Yeah. I could definitely see it though. Like you, like where you're like, Hey, let's do this. This is, and everybody's like, you know, that's a really cute idea. That's a really fun idea that, yeah, that would be cool. And then you put it together and you're like, Oh, well, I don't like the outfit. Let's put this on there. And it just like keeps snowballing into this started as a cute, funny idea that's probably going to get some attention and will be neat and hype up your your thing, but kind of maybe snowballed as more and more people put ideas into the thing. Um, and yeah, it's not terribly expensive to get billboards in certain locations. It, billboards like houses, it's all about size and location. Uh, you, you can get one for a couple hundred dollars, you know, five, six, seven hundred dollars for a couple of days in an area that isn't marquee advertising anyway. So maybe it costs them a little bit. They're all over the internet. Their club you know, thing is going to be packed. Uh, they got exactly what they wanted. But at what cost? We got to see what comes next because I got to believe Square Enix has to do something, right? Yeah. Right. And 
I, I had a small question because I'm not sure how it would work, but let's say Square Enix does bring down the hammer on this. Who is it going to affect? Is it going to affect the whole group itself or the person who put the money in whose money is assigned to the person who paid for the billboard? I don't know. You know I mean, like they already took it down themselves. They said, okay. it, they said it wasn't Square Enix that told them to take it down, but they did take it down. I think it was yesterday uh, afternoon. Because I had sent Q a message in the morning that said, hey, it looks like they're gonna, they're talking about taking it down. And then they did take it down later in the day. But I, I just see, <laughs> chat's already said it a couple different times, and, I, and so I can't give credit to everybody here. But like, I just see the next live letter starting. I agree with Yoshi P just staring at the camera for five minutes. Just like kind of... <laughs> giving us the disappointed face yeah giving the giving us the disappointed dad head shake like <laughs> yeah. and i don't know how you say it in japanese aspen maybe you can look it up for us but i have a feeling it's going to start with i'm not mad i'm just disappointed <laughs> i'm not mad i'm just disappointed let's end on some a final fantasy portion on some good final fantasy news uh that is there is an amazing music video if you have not seen it Yet by Alex Mukala, uh, also worked by Husky, uh, Husky by the Geek. Uh, if you don't know Alex, he does tremendous YouTube videos on a bunch of different musical things, but also hits and intersects with a lot of Final Fantasy XIV music, uh, talking about breakdown, musical composition breakdown of some of Sokin's pieces, and then covers of different... He's tremendously talented, absolutely hit the YouTube channel up. We have the article on uh, MMOBomb.com. You can watch the video there and then go check out his uh, channel, his full channel. Over 1,000 Final Fantasy XIV community members joining together to sing Close in the Distance, one of Soken's masterful Endwalker pieces. Includes people you know like Susan Calloway of Answers fame and other Final Fantasy XIV music. Uh, Bun streamer herself, Zeppla, our, our, our friend Mr. Happy is, is part of the, the extras in the background here. It is amazing. It is a great music video, a wonderful cover. I love the editing where there's the limit break bar filling as the song goes on. And then when the limit break bursts at the end and somebody triggers it, you know, all the other thousands of voices come in. Absolutely tremendous video, worth, worth a watch. Worth its weight in gold, Q. I absolutely love this one. Yeah, I haven't actually gotten around to watching this one yet because I think I just kind of saw it in passing. I don't look at Twitter as much as I used to <laughs> anymore. But um, when I saw, I was like, "This is this is a super common thing in the Doctor Who fandom." Oh, okay. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, um, not quite this many people. I think the largest. I'm not. One I'm not really a. Movie. What? What are you a? Whoville? I mean, that sounds very Grinchy. Like Whovian. A Whovian. A Whovian. Okay. All right. Um, Aspen, it, don't it, laugh it, at it, me. It, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> like. <laughs> with with Doctor Who, it's hilarious because it actually started with an orchestra, like like over a decade ago, right? So I'm kind of like used to seeing these things, but I do love what Alex does on on his on his channel. Oh like, yeah all the time he just does this amazing stuff and he's so into it like he's he's so into you know not just playing the music and stuff but also like sharing how things work and he's he's very upbeat yeah um like he and and you know very encouraging to people who want to 
to to to get into this kind of stuff and everything as well so i love pretty much everything he does but yeah when i saw it i was like oh we did that like last summer (laughs) it's he's he's definitely one of those guys aspen to like i don't know about you but i love i love watching somebody like talk about something they're super passionate about Right, just like the glow you see coming off of somebody you're having a conversation with when they're talking about something they absolutely love, they know a lot about, and they can't wait to share it with you. Like he does that in every single one of his videos where he's just like, let's talk about this baseline. It's coming up, it's coming up, it's coming up. Let's talk about it. Oh, there it, and I mean, he just, he goes nuts. It's absolutely just wonderful videos uh, on his channel. And this is no exception. Yeah, I feel like you get like secondhand endorphins and dopamine yeah. <laughs> from somebody who, who's that excited about something. And the whole like, because it was for Silken, right? This, that's why this was all made. Yeah, good point. So, talk, you can talk about that, what he's doing with the monetization. Yeah, so he was. they were raising money because Silken's undergoing chemotherapy right now. And I just think doing that is absolutely fantastic because like, as sad as it is, chemotherapy, first of all, is a very hard and difficult thing to go through. And at the end of the day, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. But to know that Sokin has this thing to carry with him is just beautiful. And to see fans coming together to raise money. You're getting you know, emotional just talking about it. That's the Final Fantasy XIV community, though. Like, I'm always amazed by the community. It's by far the most, like, united. And there's so much, like, beautiful moments in Final Fantasy XIV through the community. And it's just like, oh, I'm like, keep doing what you're doing. I'm so proud. <laughs> Aspen, you should put that on a billboard. You should put that <laughs> yeah. on, on a billboard. <laughs> with some data-mined data mind outfits. <laughs> yeah, with some data-mined outfits. Definitely check out the video and yeah, all the monetization, any money raised is going to be donated to various cancer charities as well. So make sure to take a look at all of it. Next up, uh, Skull and Bones actually did their reveal. I I know. I know. Uh, I too am amazed by this. Uh, this is this poor game from Ubisoft Singapore has had let's just say a rocky development uh and in any other circumstances q i believe this game is canceled i absolutely believe (laughs) that at some point in the last five years this game gets canceled the only reason it hasn't been and this is just me speculating is that there is i do know this for a fact contractually they have to release it when ubisoft opened ubisoft singapore they did some negotiations with singapore authorities uh on how they would staff the the studio and the type of work that they would do and all that stuff. And they had to release this title. Uh, it was by Ubisoft Singapore, boom, Skull and Bones. And originally, basically think, think Black Flag, uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, and you have kind of the idea. But as it's been going on, it, it's had multiple leadership changes, multiple basically restarts of development. Recently, uh, we only started covering it on MMO Bomb while we've talked about it on Ready Check Radio for months and months and months. We, we only just started covering it on MMO Bomb because they came out and said, okay, look, they, we're going to focus pretty much exclusively on the multiplayer aspect of this game and we're kind of going to do away with some of the single player stuff. Like, don't expect a campaign. Like, that's, no. 
It's open world. Yes, you'll get information about key characters and little lore bits and different quests and stuff, but it's not like there's not like a narrative driving force through the game. You're a pirate, Q. You got nothing. Work your way up, crafting your ship, recruiting people, making sure that they're taken care of, doing quests, trying to become a pirate kingpin, get all that booty, and sail the seven seas uh, in style while taking over other ships and in PvP battles and group play. And we finally got our good, our big reveal of the gameplay. We got a, a release date of November 8th. What's your impression of what you saw yesterday from Ubisoft? So I'm going to, you know, give this with like a little the caveat that even though it's gameplay, right, it's selective gameplay. Yeah, and right now I'm showing the cinematic trailer. This is not gameplay footage. Right. The, the gameplay footage video was a bit, it was a bit sporadic to really make nice B-roll here. The, the the game trade game or uh, uh, the the cinematic it's great like it's definitely a super especially if you love pirates like I do it's a super hypey um, kind of thing but um, yeah so overall the ideas the concepts if you were into the open world um, you know building everything up from from scratch uh, kind of thing and you you want something that's you know not necessarily you being stuck on you know I don't know, an island or stuck with dinosaurs or whatever, like like you're you're wanting the pirate kind of thing. It sounds nice. Everything that they describe sounds, you know, kind of cool. I like the idea that not only are you building your ships up and building up your fleet and everything, but you have to do a good job of it or your 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 uh, crew is gonna mutiny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like like that is a problem that you have to worry about, which is a problem that you would think pirates have to worry about all the time. When is your crew going to turn on you? Because, well, you know, <laughs> you're a bunch of criminals anyway. Um, so, I mean, conceptually, it seems really nice. It's not something that I would personally play because, like you said, there's not really uh, a, a mainline narrative to it. It's yep. just, okay, you're thrust into the world. And, I, you know, you, you're going to have to go do all this stuff, but there's not... I'm big into into stories, so I want I, I at least want some beats, um, and it doesn't feel like it's going to be this so much as you know just you going out and doing piratey things. Uh, yeah. The other thing is that I did like though that I heard is that the 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 PvP is apparently opt in. Yeah, it's a, a right? specific server. Yeah. So that that is a nice feature, which means you can go be a pirate without necessarily having to worry about everybody else trying to be a pirate at you. But that also, I guess, kind of defeats the purpose. I have always wanted <laughs> this type of game, right? Go be a pirate. And I thought years ago Sea of Thieves was going to be it, and uh, it wasn't. Uh, now, granted, Sea of Thieves has dramatically improved throughout the years, but it's like kind of they got that first chance to make a first impression, failed, and I just never went back. For those that have stuck with it, I hear it's wonderful uh, now. but And that's great. I did like what was going on here. And to be specific, I know I referenced the seven seas, but to be specific, this takes place in the, the Indian Ocean when, you know, during a time period when piracy is at its peak. Uh, you will be able to go on land, Aspen. I saw a lot of people asking about that. Like, is it all just on the water? 
but uh, only in these like certain ports and docks and little settlements. It's it's not like you're going to, hey, there's an island. Let's get off and go walk around the island. At least that's not the impression that they gave us in the gameplay. But hey, you pull into this port, get off your boat and go pick up some quests and things like that from different people or sell goods and, and stuff like that. I do, this game style appeal, appeals to me. The ship-to-ship -ship combat has got to be nailed in my book, and that's one thing that Sea of Thieves didn't initially do for me that immediately made me go, this probably isn't for me. Also, pre-orders are live, and it is a $70 title for the base one. So there's a lot of question marks around this one still for me that have nothing to do with how rocky the development was, which usually, if we're honest, Aspen, it usually doesn't end in the best product at the end. Yeah, and that's that's an expensive game. <laughs> yep, they're foregoing the $60 price tag and going to 70 Ooh. They did say a bunch of stuff at post-launch, I should mention, is free, though. Like, not all of it, but they are going to add ships and add this and this and this, and, the, and that'll be free, so. That's good. I mean, the game looks, of course, like this, this it was amazing. It was so good. It made me want to play it, but the fact that you're on land so little, I get seasick. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But honestly, like, I would need to be on land more. And I agree with you. They, uh, they took, I think they originally had, like, a campaign. Yeah. And then they took it out. So, I feel like, why did you take out the one thing that would have made me play it? Because now there's nothing. Yeah. But I think what they're doing with the ship-to-ship -ship combat, it, I don't want to jinx it. It looks good. I like how many options there are. I feel like it's going to yeah. give a lot of players strategy to play around with. And it's not something that it's like, okay, this works. We're good. Like, I feel like there's going to be so many different options to layer things. And every battle is going to be really different, which that's unique if it works out as it seems like it's designed to. But again, we'll have to wait until it's actually out. Yeah, so uh, one of the things I saw asked over and over during the presentation was that uh, if there was going to be, like, boarding of other ships. Now, IGN put out a piece about, like, seven things you should know about the game, uh, and one of them is about, like, to Aspen's point, weapons and stuff like that. And they do cover, like, basic cannons and Greek fire and, like, all the different types of weapons that you can use. But they also say it's important to remember that your ship and cannons aren't your only tools. Smart use of your crew is vital if you want to sail away with the best loot. As you damage, as you do damage to other ships, the crew gets whipped into this fervor, and at some point you'll be able to execute what we call a crew-to-crew -crew attack. If you time it right to where your ship health is, uh, where your enemy ship is lower health, your crew will execute a boarding maneuver, and that hooks the enemy in. That's the only way that you get to carry all that loot into your cargo bay. So seems like we will have some type of boarding element as well. Uh, I'm not excited about this one, Q, and we're going to ask in the question of the week how you feel about this one. I'm not excited. I'm very, like, there's a big trepidation on this title for me just because of how rocky its development is, just because of how, like, they said, okay, fine, we're going to take all this stuff out and go with the multiplayer and see. I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested, though, and I'll tell you, six months ago, a year ago, I was just laughing anytime somebody said Skull and Bones. I'm interested, but I do think at a $70 price point for the base version, this is one 
I'm gonna wait till like ACG Carrick puts up a review or something before I <laughs> before I go ahead and buy it. Uh, all right, let's finish up before we go to the bombs with three, <laughs> with a couple people uh, pieces of what I call crappy news. Crappy news. <sighs> Riot Games is increasing the cost of its in-game currency for League of Legends and Teamfight Tactics. Depending on where you are in the world, this increase will be anywhere from about 9% increase to a 20% increase. Uh, United North America uh, and Canada, which, whatever, they're two different listings there, even though they're the same landmass. Uh, they're they're in the like the nine to ten percent bracket, and other places are upwards of twenty. Twenty for places like Poland, right? Well, uh, they're not just increasing prices for their cash shop currency either. They're also kind of changing the structure. So. For North America, you used to, you for now, the, I should say these all take effect on August 19th, uh, you used to get 650 of the in-game currency for five bucks. Now you'll get 575 of it for 499. So they're converting not only to a higher price point, but also to that stupid 99 cents. So now it's just you know further making it very challenging for you to very quickly visually see how much you're spending on any given item. So they're changing the dollar amounts as well as increasing this. But, but, yeah, Division free-to-play mobile version, yeah, that's coming soon too. Um, chat talking about Ubisoft. And here's the <laughs> thing. The last part of this, Aspen, price increases suck. But we're, Riot Games is going to do you a favor, bro going to do you a favor this doesn't take effect until august 19th but if you act between july 14th and july 31st we'll give you bonus currency bonus currency we'll double you buy from us in those two weeks we'll double the currency uh, oh, but please make sure you do it now because after that we're going to go ahead and increase the prices what a, just like an asshole thing all the way across the board how dare you put it on sale too <laughs> it's so skeevy and i'm like what are you gas prices with this 99 and adding inflation like come on like your prices aren't being affected by the ukraine war like there's no reason for you to do this I, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, and obviously, like, there's inflation going on. Uh, there's uh, pushes in various countries to raise wages for employees in this industry. Like, Q, they used all of the excuses that you would have expected them to use in this scenario. What I think they didn't take into account is you are 100% expendable. <laughs> like, you are not my gas bill. You are not my grocery bill. You are not my utilities bill. You're the one that is so like, oh, that skin got more expensive. Yeah, I, I, I don't need that skin. <laughs> like, <laughs> or I don't need to play this anymore because I don't like that they've increased the prices. I think they've maybe overvalued their own importance in the scheme of people's budgeting. Well, and... I don't know. I think I might have found it slightly not including the sale thing that they've got going on. And by the way, it says double bonus RP. Yeah, it's the bonus. Which yeah, I think yeah. like so. So not necessarily that the double like they're doubling the full amount as a bonus, but with when you buy a lot of these currencies, yeah, you get the one hundred bonus, and then you get a bonus. 
So it's it's it, they're gonna double that portion is what I'm thinking it is. But the the 99 cent thing, right? Part of the logic somebody pointed out was that they're doing the 99 cent thing to make it more in alignment with mobile games. Yep. And it's like, but but it's still just skeevy because, like you said, it's 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 makes it harder for the individual to track that that penny makes a difference in tracking how much you're actually spending. It makes it easier for them to just move some things around and make a crap ton more yeah. money than it actually looks like they're making off of a single sale. Yeah, I mean, just like, ask Aspen. I mean, she orders stuff <laughs> on Japanese websites simply because the line ends in 99. And she's like, that's that's probably what I'm looking for. That's probably yep. it. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably it. It's. I think it's a dumb move. Like, obviously, fine. I get that prices increase and things like that. But you are talking about digital goods. It did not cost you more to make what you are selling than it did six months ago. Like, you, you already have that asset. It's done. Uh, now, if you want to make future skins a little more expensive than they are currently cash shop wise because it's costing you a little more in employee wages or stuff like that to make them right now. I don't know what Lee, but let's say it's like 20,000 or, or 2000 cash shop currency for a skin now. And you want to make future skins from here on out 2200 to compensate. Like I would understand that more than just saying, Hey, everything we've already digitally created and sold you before for years is now just simply more expensive. Uh, wait, what? Why? 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 <sighs> but don't worry. Double bonus RP, baby. Two weeks only. YOLO, don't miss out. Price increase afterwards. She-Hulk is coming to Marvel's Avengers, and we, we've all kind of suspected that for quite a lot of time now with some data mine stuff months and months and months ago. But it was actually confirmed also accidentally uh, when it was revealed on the Xbox Twitch channel. Uh, yeah. Technique TV accidentally revealed that uh, he knew the voice actress <laughs> for She-Hulk. <laughs> Lead designer Brian Wagoneer quickly chimed in to be like, hey, we didn't really confirm that yet. <laughs> so, womp womp Xbox Twitch and Ubisoft is shutting off the multiplayer servers for 15 or so different games. Things like Assassin's Creed 2, 3, some of their older titles, Far Cry 3, Silent Hunter 5, Space Junkies, Silent or Splinter Cell Blacklist. We've got the full list on MMO Bomb, but if you play multiplayer on any of those, you're going to want to get your time in now because it's coming to an end. Let's slide over and do the weekly bombs, ladies. Should I go first? <laughs> we were playing the, just, the video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, absolutely, Aspen. You can go first. Go ahead. Aspen's so very bad. excited for her <laughs> weekly bomb. <laughs> and it's not even that good. <laughs> what you got? Oh, I was just going to give the bomb to Final Fantasy for finally wrapping me back in. Like, I'm doing it. I'm getting back into Final Fantasy. Island Sanctuary did it for you. <laughs> yes, that was it. That was it for me. She wants to sell turnips on her Twitter account. <laughs> and the story. I heard that the new story was just amazing. Oh, yeah. I haven't been spoiled by anything, so I really want to play. Absolutely. 
Uh, I'm going to give a dub-omb to Blood Bowl 3. I've been taking part in its beta tests for a while now, and it just keeps getting better and better and better. It was really rocky, and a lot of bad feedback came in on early testing, but they have taken that feedback to heart. I love the Blood Bowl series. It is multiplayer, so we'll be streaming it and covering it. We've already covered their beta tests on the site. So uh, huge thumbs up, dub-omb, from me. What you got, Q? I was also going to give a bomb to Final Fantasy XIV, but more specifically to the fact that I was right. And yeah. we're going <laughs> to Omicron as the tribe quest. I can't wait to see what, like, mounted minion and stuff we get out of it. And we're, you know, built the whole restaurant at the end of the universe. Yeah, and yeah, it's very, very Douglas Adams. I can't wait to. You were right. From uh, viewers on YouTube and on MMOBomb.com, remember, throw yours in the comments. Weekly bombs, dub bomb for something good, a bomb for something bad in the world of gaming. Comments about life in general, questions for the panel, throw them on YouTube. Also, your question of the week answers. Otherwise, these two segments, they're very boring if you don't do that on YouTube and on MMOBomb. Tori saying, weekly bomb, dub bomb to Trackmania World Cup, the only eSport I follow, and it was really fun to watch this weekend, even though my favorite didn't make it past the semifinals. So I'm not a huge eSports uh, cat, but I will tell you there are certain things, whether it's on TV or on the internet, like if I just like flip through it, I'm like, this is enthralling. Uh, like I am riveted. Trackmania is absolutely one of those things. Like I'm like, this is this would who is watching this? Come on, wow! <laughs> I am in. Where is my popcorn? Like, absolutely, I totally agree with you. Uh, from chat, real quick to Kyle saying, uh, a bomb to me for making myself laugh at the thought of Yoshi P starting the next live letter with now I got to take off my belt. Uh, Old Glory <laughs> says, da bomb to Divinity Two Original Sin. Great game. Started a new session yesterday with friends. Super fun. Even I have completed that game. Nasagra says to bomb to billboards. And Takal says, uh, my bad, I meant dub bomb. Seems I need the chart. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ninja Panda saying, A bomb to Ubisoft. Uh, and the sore that they, I'm sore that they did another division, but it turned out to be mobile. It was so disappointing. Yeah, a lot of people were disappointed, including me. Go ahead, Q. Uh, box. Giving a bomb this week to Dauntless took about a year or two break from the game after being bored of the only real content being the FOMO battle passes, which turned me off from the game. Well, in that time frame, they've improved the progression so much that I found myself hooked on all the other, on it all over again. And last week alone, I probably put in a good twenty plus hours already. Also, the bomb to Wilfredo. Love the newest episode he put out on Lotro. I had just finished getting back into it about a month ago, and it's something I go to when I want to play something more calming. Yeah, so Wilfredo's new, is it, uh, you, should you come back or is it worth playing in 2022? Put up Lotro. Uh, we didn't say what his next episode was going to be on last week's show. Uh, I will tell you it was going to be Star Wars The Old Republic. However, we're going to shift gears and delay Star Wars The Old Republic uh, a bit and go a different way. So there's something that came up that he's like, wait a minute, I want to do this game. So Star Wars The Old Republic will be one that is done, but not right now. Go ahead, Aspen. Rad Gordy, bomb to Genshin Impact for finally giving me five-star pulls. Started replaying as Navita's G-Force now added it to their service. I play it when it came out and saved and pulled 10, oh, 10 times. Oh, wow, and got nothing. Come back and do single pulls whenever I have enough and boom, two five-stars. Also, A-bomb to Paimon. 
just shut up already. I'm not three. I get what's going on. I'd understand if the MC was mute for immersion. But they have voice actors and say actual things ever so often. Emergency food. Emergency yes. food. <gasps> uh. Karu uh, Sugimura says, China's cracking down on minors playing games for the same exact reason we don't let kids gamble. It's because they know many of the addictive games, especially on mobile, are legal casinos for kids to access. It's why our current gaming market is flooded with microtransactions. And people just accept it because at this point, many people have grown up with that being the norm. So what do you think will happen to kids who grow up playing these games, which are legal casinos? We know that gambling addiction is a thing and it can be devastating. So what do you think happens to children who are more easily influenced that get hooked on games like Genshin Impact? China knows it'd be bad for the future of their economy if they continue to allow their future to get hooked on high dopamine gambling at a young age. Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, there isn't a single point you make on the gambling nature of what you're pointing out and loot boxes and being the norm and being destructive and being manipulative that I don't uh, disagree with. However, while I would love to put the altruistic reasons for China cracking down on gaming and minors gaming for something so noble as to be worried about the gambling addictions and the future of their own economy for people that are uh, raising a generation of people, it's that is not why. Uh, it just unequivocally is not why. Uh, along with these uh, gambling, or not gambling, these gaming restrictions, they have also put in place restrictions on other aspects of entertainment, whether they be video game characters, TV characters, music groups, for just having a certain look to them where you have maybe a very androgynous looking person or an effeminate looking male in some of their own verbiage uh, where they don't want that. They do not want their young generation growing up to not be, have their men be strong, broad shouldered, you know, muscles guys. They, I wish I could put it on the altruistic measures that you do. And maybe somebody in the government is doing for that exact reason, but it is by far not the only reason. Uh, they, they, that's not it. That's not it. Go ahead, Q. Uh, Striker X31, the bomb for Fantasy Star Online 2 finally hitting PlayStation 4. <laughs> right. Almost 10 years. Better late than never. A bomb to Diablo Immortal, just in general. Yep. 10 years, finally making it. Go ahead, Aspen. Chris McManus, did I spot a British policeman's helmet with a light on top behind Troy's shoulder? Now that's random. He has got to wear it next show. I don't know. LOL. I don't know. I'll go back and check the footage, and if it is, we'll ask him to put it on. Effects <laughs> on, I'm done with WoW. Haven't played it since Warlords of Draenor. Started to suck in Cataclysm. Uh, a lot of people share that opinion. And it, it, so a British policeman's helmet, uh, Q, that is a very Whoville thing, right? That is... Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Whovian. A very Whovian, Whovian thing. Sorry, Whovian <laughs> thing. This is not Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Question of the week last week. Is review bombing a good thing or a bad thing? Have you ever been part of one? Why? Tori says, question of the week. Review bombing as a concept is a net negative. I understand that it can be used to make a statement to large corporations when their games are broken. 
But that will never, in my mind, outweigh the damage it can do to indie devs or even large corporations when people have issues with the people. Reviews that don't reflect the actual game aren't useful, and I believe other issues should be handled in a different arena other than reviews. Of course, I've never participated. Very, very direct and clear opinion there. Thank you so much for that. Go ahead, Q. Uh, box. It's a double-edged sword for sure. As stated by Mike, it's one of the few ways gamers as consumers have a protesting changes or decisions made by developers they don't agree with that can have an effect on the game reputation-wise. On the other hand, I've seen people mass review bomb for non-issues or issues so minor it just seems to be used in such a negative and toxic manner. Personally, I've never participated in any review bombs myself, but I do recall almost doing it for board offense series after Randy Pitchford more or less shat on the Steam community for the time-limited exclusivity for Borderlands 3. That money, money. Go ahead, Aspen. First of all, this is a great question of the week, I would just like to say. <laughs> but uh, RS Jabber, review bombing can be a good thing if it's about the game itself. I participated in one not too long ago when Lost Ark completely messed up European servers on launch but bombing because some guy said something on Twitter, that's very unfair and stupid. Uh, by the way, Lost Ark coming to the Netherlands. Surprise, surprise. Don't know how they <laughs> negotiated that with, you know, the loot box laws and stuff. But, yeah, coming. Uh, Takao2399 says, Question of the week, no, review bombing is not a good thing. The point of a product review is to let people know how that product functions on a mechanical level not to show disapproval of a dev's stance on something or to show disapproval of business practices not directly related to the game in question. If a company does or says something afoul about insert group, person, or cause here, or has generally scummy business practices, then don't buy from them or buy from them again if you've already bought from them. Review bombing is a sucker ass move. Nothing more to say than that, really. Have I ever review bombed? No, because I'm not 12. <laughs> I like the addendum, like the, the additional information. By the way, totally not 12. Not <laughs> 12. Sounds like a 12-year-old would say. Totally turned 13, and I know Takal's in chat. It's like a totally, I'm 13 and a half now. But definitely a good take on it. Go ahead, Q. I'm Ragnar Catalan. Remember the latest PES game, eFootball? Yeah. I guess we could say I did take part in review bombing it, but only because it was a steaming pile of doo-doo. Yeah, absolutely it was. Nasagra in chat saying... <laughs> I just started reading Nasagra's and I saw Takao's uh, chat. Nasagra says, Review bombing is like cancel culture. It's a powerful tool for holding people accountable but it's overused to the point of causing more harm than good. And Takal uh, does want you to, to know that, listen, I just started shaving last week. I'm a big boy now. <laughs> <laughs> Question of the week this week. Of course, I've got to know, do you have any interest in Skull and Bones? Are you not interested? Are you totally on board now? Or are you kind of like I am where you're like, I'm going to watch, but it's been a rocky past that I'm not quite sure about. Do you have any interest? Let us know why or why not in the comments below. Don't forget your weekly bombs while you're there. Dub bomb for something good, A bomb for something bad in the world of gaming or just life in general. Until next time, Aspen, where can everybody find you? 
You can find me over on Twitter or Twitch at Rose Hoppa. You. You might be able to find me on Twitter at Quitlin. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <if> Maybe. <laughs> I'm Mike. I I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally right there at Magic Man One. But more importantly, follow at MMO Bomb, and you'll know every time we go live with a podcast, stream, new articles, first look videos, giveaways, and more. Stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Yeah.